Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, boys, it's game day. Let's go. Let's go. Big game. Got a big game today. My package has arrived. Oh, sweet. Nice. Skull! Great win, fellas. What game's next? G-Men are having a great year. Let's go blue! Here we go. Primetime football. Texans, Dolphins. Let's do this. Yes! Review. Yes! Yes! Heartland flags. Every sport. Every team. Every flag. Every team? That's right. Fine, fine. I'll get a Washington flag, too. Find your flag and so much more with fast, free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Every sport, every team, every flag. Almost. Loyal sons forever true. Go Cyclones. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios. It's firmly entrenched, powered up by Heartland Flags and Gifts in the Channel Seed Studios. Of course, also brought to you by Steeple Ridge Bourbon in Circa Sports, Iowa. I'm Jake Brand with Local 5 Sports, joined as always by my good friend Nick Osen up there covering the Badgers in Madison. Nick, happy Wednesday. How's it going, man? Jake, happy Wednesday and happy college basketball season. I know that we were kind of talking about some hoops before the show. I saw plenty of tweets from you and Cyclone fans. It's really a great time of year. I'm excited to mix that in a little bit with some football this week. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that I don't even have to pay a lick of attention to Bears Panthers tomorrow. I just get to <laughs> lock in, watch some Iowa State Lindenwood. That's I mean, that's the good stuff right there. I no desire in my no desire at all. I don't think you could pay me twenty bucks to watch Bears Panthers. I, I I'm perfectly fine skipping it. I'm I'm in that mode already. I love it. 
You're lucky. I'll be watching that for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just because yeah, sorry. I'm a Bears fan. But will you be going to Hilton as, as a fan for work or just kind of TV watching? Not tomorrow night. I'm going over to Cedar Falls tomorrow for some state football. I'll be covering oh, yeah. Friday and Saturday. But I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go up and stay with my buddy in Cedar Falls. He's like my lifelong Cyclone friend. I grew up. I grew up in a in an elementary school where it was really just me and Curran. Curran's his name against ninety eight percent Hawkeye fans. So him and I have been through the thick and thin. We're gonna watch some hoops tomorrow, and then I'm actually gonna stay there again Saturday night, and we're gonna watch some late night BYU. Big 12 after dark. And uh, I know we'll talk about that game coming up in a bit, but <laughs> that sounds like a good weekend though. Yeah, no, I'm pumped. It's uh it's going to be a good weekend and obviously some, some good high school state football coming up and yeah. it's going to be a good weekend to, to fly your heartland flags, especially in Iowa, man, it's beautiful for November. It, I couldn't, I can't remember the last time it was this nice, this time of the year. I remember last year going to state football just the walk from the parking lot to the dome was so freaking cold and it's not like that anymore. So it's still good part of the year to have your flags out. It's not going to get ruined in in any cold yet. So fly your cyclones. I know I'm going to be flying my W flag, the Cubs massive win this week, picking up Craig council from the brewers. Aiden's probably pretty pumped about that too. No matter what team you're repping, um, even if you're a Brewers fan, I'm sorry. Still a good time to get your flags at Heartland Flags and Gifts. You can find them in the store at 3719 Southwest 9th or online at heartlandflags.com. So we're not going to spend much on the KU game, but we're going to talk the KU game, some BYU preview, and of course, Big 12 reactions before we close with some overreactions to Iowa State's first win of the season in basketball. Nick, I'll, I'll start with you on the on the KU game. What's your what's your big takeaway from that? You know, I, I think it's a couple things. I, I give Cyclones fans some credit because I don't think that many that I've kind of seen or you know maybe talked about uh, since the game. I don't think they were blaming things. On that call, I know that you uh, tweeted out from from your colleague a great video of it. No, but I, I didn't see kind of as much blame, even though that really majorly kind of shook the outcome of the game. And for me, Jake, I think you can look at this, you know, in kind of two ways. I think you can look at it. I know you're going to touch on maybe, you know, some of the game plan or potentially what could have been better for Iowa State. I personally think that it shows – where this young team is at, that they still had a chance to, if not win, at least tie late with several mistakes, with a couple of things going against them. I believe Rocco had a, a pick six in this one. And you can still recognize that they had that chance. I think it just speaks to kind of how far this team has come. While also, and I'm going to touch on it further after you, but I think we've got to give some credit to Kansas because what they're doing without technically their best player overall, and I believe the uh, preseason conference player of the year, and they're still a top, I I would argue, quite honestly, 12 or 13 team at this point. I really would. I, I think they get some credit. I think it's as much about them as it is 
this could have been better for ISU. Yeah, that was my initial takeaway on Saturday night before I rewatched the game. It was initially just, man, I I was impressed with KU. That that eighty yard touchdown, they went for the throat, I, and it worked. You just got to tip your cap to that. I know that Jason Bean, I want to say on that first drive of the second half, it was was a little fade route and he just threw a perfect ball. The KU kid made just a great catch. I was, in terms of like how I would weigh it, I left that game probably 70% impressed with KU, 30% more just kind of questioning or disappointed in Iowa State. And that leads me into Iowa State. I think that they lost the game with with the early game plan. They they went away from what had been working in that three game win streak or even four out of five and kind of just ran into a brick wall again, even though it wasn't working. And it took so long for the offense to get in that rhythm, get in that flow. And by the time they did, they did get back in the game, made it 21-18. But by yeah. the time they did that, you leave no margin of error for your defense. And that's where I think they really approached this game wrong. And I think it was probably just a good wake-up call that Iowa State isn't on maybe that top tier of the league. I think KU is. It became pretty apparent to me on Saturday night that they are and course Oklahoma State is up there along with OU Texas and K-State I think Iowa State is just one notch below maybe on a tier of their own honestly because I still think that they're above that West Virginia Texas Tech hodgepodge of the rest of the team so Iowa State's better than the bad teams but they're not as good as the good teams is kind of where I left Saturday night I think a lot of that is fair. Now, I got to ask, Jake, because I obviously saw some of this, much of it live, but it was just all second half stuff. I was coming from Indiana where the Badgers were playing. So I guess what specifically do you feel like, and I'm not putting you in the coach's seat, but what do you feel like could have been maybe a little more improved or what did you kind of have some issue with? I saw some tweets. I got a text here and there, but just like where could you have kind of felt like, all right, if the Cyclones did this, maybe it's not 14 nothing, 14-3. I think it's just passing it a little more. They they were so conservative early on, and I get why. You're, you're playing a red-hot team. You're playing a good team when, frankly, for the past three weeks, you hadn't played a good team. So you get out, be a little more conservative. But what worked the previous three weeks against TCU, especially in that second half, what worked against Cincy and Baylor is they came out aggressive, creative play calling. You get a lead games over. I, I think that you saw what Jalen Knoll did on that kick return, get the ball in Jalen Knoll's hands early on, especially if you ever get in like one of those second and three second and four type plays where really the field's open because uh, it's run pass equal right there. Get get Noel on one of those wheel routes. Get him, I don't know exactly what the play is called, but when Rocco kind of fakes left, bootlegs right, and hits Noel on one of those shallow crossers, 
I think it's just being a little more creative and not looking as stagnant. And it looks like they opened it up in the second half and look at, look at what happened. Rocco, Rocco played really well. And and the offense, I mean, all things considering that second half was dang near great. I think if you, you would have even opened up the playbook half of that in the first half, it's a different game. And, and of course that momentum would have had the crowd be a bigger factor in that first half than it was man you're just leading naturally into my points today so as i referred to i had to listen to some on the radio you know following along probably a bit more than i should have even kind of when i was driving uh in the dark late that night but basically from what i can understand and and what our great producer mr wyatt was kind of saying the atmosphere was terrific but it, it got a little bit slower it sounds like in the second quarter and then it felt like that 80 yard score late that just kind of maybe sucked the energy out of jack trice because from what i could tell at that point i was watching it and kind of that third quarter comeback early fourth that place was buzzing again yes so this game felt so much like the 2018 kansas state game and funny enough, I watched the condensed version of that game. I think the night, yeah, the, the Friday night before the KU game, just as one of the vintage Campbell games that, you know, how, how YouTube is yeah. at 1245 on a, <laughs> on a late night. <laughs> so I watched that entire game. That's exactly what the KU game felt like. Just pretty much beaten every facet of the game for two and a half quarters. They were down 17 to K-State that year, and then micro strip sack, interception, whatever you want to call it, pick six to the house, and then the the stadium just kind of came alive. That's what it felt like after they got it to 21-18. And that's where it, you feel like if they would have gotten a stop, a three and out, crowd is already rocking. It rocks even more. You score, take the lead game over, but instead... You got to tip your cap to Kansas. They go out, score an 80-yard touchdown, and that that pretty much all but seals the game. You have to play a perfect football game after that point and get a couple breaks to win the game. So overall, the atmosphere was not as good as it could have been, but that's not really the fans' fault. It was just... It, it's hard to get into the game when the offensive output in that first quarter is really nothing and I wasn't there so I I was just watching on TV so I I don't really have the full feel of what it was so just you know one of the last points I wanted to make and I think I hit on this last week and I don't think you disputed it or anything but basically why I wasn't like oh Iowa State's gonna win this comfortably we both picked them to win I believe but I really think and, and obviously this isn't a hot take these days but I've said it for a while, and I think that Lance Leipold is potentially kind of entering a new tier of just how good of a coach he really is. I, I think the staff that he has, and you know, I, I know specifically some of the offensive staff is really good, and some of the, those names, Kotelnicki and others, have been thrown out to potential uh, promotions elsewhere. But I just feel like. Leipold and Campbell, they've had so much respect for each other that I know from, you know, speaking about them uh, directly oppressors and stuff with their D3 backgrounds. And, you know, Leipold was a star coach 40 minutes from where I am right now. Yep. 
E3UW Whitewater and just not getting to know him a little bit, but speaking with him at a couple pressers and just kind of how that program operates. I think it goes back to your first point, Jake. I think they get a lot of credit and it's going to be really interesting to see is this kind of where he stays and is this his focus for the rest of his respective career? Because obviously uh, that's a name that a lot of other programs want and are kind of going for right now. Yeah, I, I don't want to speculate because I I know nothing. But if you'd have just if you'd have given me a fifty dollar chip, throw it on a team where he's gonna coach next year, I probably would have thrown that on Michigan State. What I didn't realize is he's sixty years old, which changes my opinion to I think he's staying. I I think he'll finish his career out at Kansas. And that's bad for Iowa State because it KU was a it was a bottom tier, it was a bottom feeding program. They were the really guaranteed win on the schedule, right? It was worse than bottom feeder. I, I don't know what what you want to call worse than bottom feeder, but that's what it was. And now it's not. Now it's a now it's a program that comes in to your home field in a night game with a great atmosphere and beats you just straight up. They're the better team and Makes it interesting in the new Big 12, and I mean, uh, we could look like fools in a month, and he could go take the $15 million job at Michigan State, and all this is all this changes, but knowing that his age is 60, I, I think he stays, but... You maybe saw no the Cyclone Larry tweet. Maybe yeah, no, that was, all from, that was all from Larry. <laughs> I, I did see that. I don't think I knew he was... So about to be 60. I knew he was older than many people thought. Uh, you know, I think it's a totally fair point, Jake, and I could be wrong. I don't really have any sourcing on this either. I personally think he stays because other than maybe a higher salary, I mean, we know that, but from what I can tell, kind of the way that things are trending that way with new facilities, some things in recruiting, or even just being in top battles for four-star guys, I'm not really sure what else he could really want because while Michigan State, yeah, it's Big Ten Conference and things like that, it's not Michigan. It's right. not Ohio State. It's not Penn State. It's not Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. the, the brand doesn't quite jump like that, like it kind of would for leaving the Jayhawks for another school. Yeah, I mean, it's the same conversation we've been having with Iowa State and why it's a good job going forward in this new big 12 Kansas has, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's put themselves in a position to be one of the best jobs in the new big 12. And it's just a matter of, do you want to take maybe a third or, or half of that salary and be in a spot where as far as right now, the big 12 still has a seat at the table in the college football playoff the path to the college football playoff next year is immensely easier at Kansas than it is Michigan state. I mean, tell me that in 2015, I'd, I'd be like Robert De Niro and Goodfellas. What's the world coming to, but, uh, and then Tommy shoot spider and whatever, but you know, you clip, know how the rest that of it goes. but, uh, it, it, it's crazy. And we'll, we'll have a lot of time this off season, I think to discuss the Leipold sweeps sweepstakes because that's 
I mean, we went through it for so long with Campbell. It's probably time to move on to this upcoming game. The that was BYU a good discussion, preview. though. Yeah, I no, great, that. great, great discussion. Of course, we're in the we're in the Channel Seed Studios, and this Saturday it's an interesting spot. I I'm not talking football. I'm talking like bourbon wise. Like, do you want to drink a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon at halftime and risk falling asleep at 11:30 Central Time? I, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's enjoy like the 11 o'clock game in the morning. Have a nice glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon. Help that. Maybe have that help you take a nap and then wake up for a 9-15 central kick. Of course, get your Steeple Ridge bourbon at Lonely Oak or from Lonely Oak Distillery at your local grocery store, liquor store. And if they don't have it, please ask for it. Jake, I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. So obviously we're you know respective media members but we're sports fans first you're obviously a massive iowa state fan don't think of the opponent or necessarily the spot but just as a fan of the team what do you think of a kickoff time this late as a as a fan i love i love late kickoffs okay but for work purposes, I hate it. So th- this is how it works. The local news goes on at 10 o'clock. We might go on a little late because of an ABC game, but there's no like, oh, let's cut in at midnight to recap this Iowa State game. So when we go on, I, I won't have to worry about this this week because I won't, I won't be in studio. But when we go on, at 10:15, all we can say is like, "Oh, Iowa State trailing 10-7 in the first quarter." And if the the game is still on, if we're using highlights from ESPN from the broadcast, you cannot use those highlights as long as the program's still on. Yep. So, from a work perspective, and I know nobody cares. I, I shouldn't have even mentioned nobody. Nobody at home cares about this. But from a work perspective, these, I mean, night games in general are a pain. A 9-15 game is impossible. From a pure sports fan, I love it. My favorite thing in the world is working a long day, getting home at 11-20, and oh, baby, we've got Arizona-Stanford on right now, and you get to sit down and watch the whole second half. I'm a Nuggets fan. Nuggets tip off tonight at 9, so I'm used to staying up late and watching sports, whether it was devil's avalanche last night, I'm always watching sports late at night. So it does not affect me. But when we talk for Iowa state, if you're not used to playing these late kickoffs, I hate it. I think this is a really, really tough spot for Iowa state BYU really passionate fan base, mm-hmm. already a tough place to play. Now you're playing it nine fifteen central time, eight o'clock out there. It's got a lot of the recipes for just a really, really tricky game and stack all of that on top. If either of these teams want to get to a bowl game, this week is each team's most winnable game. BYU welcomes Oklahoma to Provo next week, 
and then they go to Stillwater the last week of the season. Iowa State, of course, Texas and K-State. So there's a realistic shot that both of those teams lose their next two games, and this is kind of a a win or go home game. I know it, it's not that simple. I, I know there's more nuance. To no, that. you described it pretty well though, but it, it's a tricky spot for Iowa state. No doubt. Wow. Yeah. I, I did not, obviously I've known state schedule for a long time. Didn't think about the BYU aspect of things. So there, there are two five and four teams here. Correct. But BYU again, the Ohio game kind of coming back, to bite Iowa State, BYU did have a good non-conference and won on the road at Arkansas. So they're just two and four in yes. conference play. Yep. But a win Saturday would get them to a bowl game, even though there's not a soul out there that thinks that BYU is a better team than Iowa State. Yeah, so a couple of things here. I think first and foremost, I love the point you made, kind of to rest easy for some people, Iowa State, presumably from what I garnered the last couple of years, they'll be in a bowl either way because the bowls are going to be short on teams yeah. and Iowa state fans travel well, things like that. But obviously six means a lot more than five if I, here. If Iowa state in gets into a bowl case, at, at five and seven, sorry to cut you off. They should just call it the participation trophy bowl. And decline. And, I hope if Iowa State goes five and seven, I hope Matt Campbell declines a bowl bid. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that would. That's happen. just my thing. But if they get if they get invited, I think they're in. Also, man, dude, I'm a little surprised at what this spread is at because again, I I wrote in our notes, Iowa State is a much better team, but I don't think BYU is terrible by any means. It's on the road. They have a couple good wins. It's late at night. And I saw the spread jump to six and a half or seven for Iowa state. I, I think that that, I do think that's a little bit high and I'm crazy high on this Iowa state team, but you know, that that's a full score. I just, this is going to be a night Jake where I can be like you a little bit. It's going to be a crazy busy work weekend, Friday and Saturday. And I might be adding a road trip on the back end. I told you about, but in between, I think I'm going to come home after some some work stuff and really just set some eyes on this game. I think it's going to be really intriguing to see how many Iowa State fans travel to this. I know some that I've followed and became friends with while I was there are going to do it. I think it's two completely different teams, schools, fan bases, things like that. And frankly, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I and it being a good game is bad for Iowa State, right? The recipe for victory is going to be the same as going to Cincy and going to Baylor. Just get up early, kind of assert your dominance, and just be the better team. I don't really think that you want to be in a 6-3 game at halftime in this game. It really reminds me of the Texas Tech game back in 2021 where Tech okay. hit the 63-yard field goal. It just feels like a game where if you let the other team hang around, they're going to win it late. So I think the recipe for success for Iowa State, get out to a 13-0 lead, kind of 
put the old anaconda chokehold on him, go win the game 20 to six, something like that. I, if you're in a 17, 17 tie at half or a six, six tie at half, it could be a bad night for Iowa state. And this, this BYU team is not good. I mean, they've gotten not just beat, they've gotten destroyed by Texas, by TCU, by West Virginia. And granted, they've been good at home. They beat a good Texas Tech team comfortably in Provo. They won at Arkansas, who isn't very good, but that's still but winning still, on the road yeah. at an SEC school. This, this BYU team is not chopped liver. But it's a game that you should win, and frankly, you need to win. I know that I'm playing your role a little bit more today, kind of fun, setting you up with some questions. I just I wanted to get your take as I often kind of feed into it the other way, and I know we've we've still got a couple of big topics to hit on. Been a lot of good discussion today, but Jake, how many wins? Do you kind of predict Iowa State finishing with? I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. And what defines success the rest of the way? Is it is it just winning this weekend and getting the six? Is it pulling off a quote-unquote upset the last two weeks? Because I know it's unbelievable, but we are sitting here just two weeks from Thanksgiving already. I mean, this season's almost done. Yeah, I think you got to win one. You've got three, I'll say, all tough games. If you win one of them, I would say that that would be a successful season. Okay. And I, even if they don't win any, even if they finish five and seven, I'm not going to call that not a successful season, but I'm also not going to call it a successful season. It's going to be somewhere in between that because, I mean, Circus Sports Iowa before the season had the win total at five flat. That's what I took it at. So it's already a push. But the context does matter if, if you're, of course, five and three heading into the last four games of the season and you finish five and seven. That's going to be a slight disappointment, but you can rewind losing to Ohio. You're one and two going into Big 12 play and you get to five wins. Right. Where I think we are now is I think you have to win one of these last three games. You want to truly make a bowl. You don't want to get a participation trophy invite to a bowl. Six, six wins would be a success. And I think that that's what will happen, but I, okay. I, I'll be honest. I, I'm predicting a loss this week. And I, I forgot to say this last week because I didn't want I didn't want this to be like, oh, Iowa State lost, and of course now Jake's picking against them. I forgot to say last week that I was going to pick them to lose this BYU game no matter what happened on Saturday, and I'm going to hold to that. And I just think something weird's going to happen, and I think Iowa State's going to lose like a 23-20 type game. But of course, all this could change with Slovis' status and Jeremiah Cooper. If it comes out that Slovis is out, which I saw that even if Slovis is available, there's like a quarterback controversy controversy Correct. in Provo. So who knows what happens there? And then if Jeremiah Cooper plays, if I knew for sure right now that he was playing, I'd pick Iowa State to win. 
Campbell made it sound like he could play, which could also mean that, I don't know, he's being life flighted right now. You, you never know what, what Campbell's doing with his injuries. And I, I get it. That's the coach thing. But if I knew for sure Jeremiah Cooper was playing, I'd pick Iowa State to win. I don't know that. I'm going to lean a 23-20 loss in a probably grueling way. No real inside info here. You know, obviously I'm not reporting on this stuff anymore. I think he might play. I do think things are trending pretty well. I uh, I will say Iowa State missed him last week. That's, you know, for sure. And Big some time. of their safety depth uh, that I, I saw and kind of talked about with people. Um, you know what? I picked Iowa State to win seven games. This was one of my toss-ups. They lost one of the toss-ups, Iowa. They beat Oklahoma State. I think they win this weekend. I agree with everything you said legitimately, Jake, other than the final score. And even that's close. I got 20 to 17. I've got the Cyclones. I think that the defense is going to play pretty dang well uh, in this one. I don't think either offense is going to flash too much. And, you know, then you're sitting at, what, six and four. Texas comes to town. That'll be intriguing to follow with the QB, obviously K-State, but. If that's my thought for this week. If you're six and four, the rest of the way you're playing with house money. I mean, you you sit down at the blackjack table and you throw all the money that you brought in, you throw it back into your wallet, and you're playing with your earnings. Like any anything that happens once you don't hit get my old wins. itch going there, Jake. It's been a while <laughs> since I've played. Well, once I'm you just... hit six wins, everything, especially playing against two of the top four teams in the conference, anything after that is house money. So that's what, if I were Matt Campbell, that's what my message would be on Saturday. It's, I know none of them are wired that way, but you win this Saturday, you've hit your goal. You win this Saturday, then you get to go play Texas with nothing to lose. And you get to send those... I'll just I'll just leave it at those Longhorns to put it nicely. You get to send them packing in a in a well deserved way. But I will say, let's just say uh, I I don't know. No, this isn't going to happen. But some national, the government just says, you know what BYU, we're not letting you guys play night games. This is going to be a two thirty kick. If this game was a two thirty kick, I'd pick Iowa State to win forty to ten. And I I that is. I know that's probably a bit of an overreaction on the road. You would still. Yes. I would pick Iowa state to beat BYU 40 to 10. If this game was played in the afternoon, it's the fact that it's this 9 PM game that it's exactly what we picked Iowa state for last week against KU. It, it goes both ways. And then you just add the whole West coast stuff. I mean, there's a reason that Kirk Ferentz, always complains about when they have to go play on the West coast, because I think in sometime in the two thousands, Iowa state or not Iowa state, Iowa had to go out and play Arizona state. I think in September and they just got smoked. And since that day, like Ference has been very reluctant to going out West. So it's a, it's kind of a freaky spot, but I, I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think that's, you know, super fair. I, I don't want to rush time. I'm excited to see how you apply some of that logic next week. As I see, there will be another night game in Ames. Yes. But 
as you'll hit on the, you know, circus sports read before we do that, just quick credit to, to Jake and myself, Cowboys over the Sooners. We were both on it. Oh yeah. That was a good call. That was a good call this year, man. And it was awesome. It was glorious. The fact that Oklahoma state gets eternal scoreboard over Oklahoma yeah, you couldn't draw it up any better. It's perfect. Like, oh, you fans have to deal with that for the rest of their lives, and they deserve it 100%. They deserve every time. <laughs> anytime that the last bedlam gets brought up, they deserve <laughs> that loss. It makes me, it truly makes me happy for, for our good Pokes friends down in Stillwater. So let's get into betting the Big 12. On Circus Sports Iowa, of course, the only place you can and, and should wager. You've got the highest limits, lowest holds, best odds. Download it today. Circus Sports Iowa on the App Store or go to circusports.com. It's sports betting the way it should be. I had a rough week. I fell to 12 and 20 and 1. Oh, Nick man. Nick had a 1 and 2 week to go to 14 and 13. You're you're beating the house by a little bit, not hey, by much money. You're getting a little bit. So since I'm on the struggle bus, I'm going with a different strategy this week. I went through all the potential big 12 bets and I picked what I thought were the three worst bets and I'm going to ride with them. 100 100%. I thought these were the worst bets you could have. And We'll see if maybe my my intuition is that off and maybe I go 3-0 or maybe that I'm just a jinx and, and they'll go 0-3. But I was shocked to see your first bet, so that does <laughs> give me a little bit more explanation, dude. Yeah, I, I, that's why I didn't put it in the notes because I just wanted you to be surprised when it <laughs> popped up on air. So first bet, I'm taking the the powerhouse out of Cincinnati, the Bearcats plus two and a half at Houston. I love this spot for Cincinnati. They're playing some great football, man. Oh you, you know, my feelings on Emory Jones. There's no quarterback in this league. I trust more to go on the road. Give me the Bearcats <laughs> plus two and a half points. They're getting their first big 12 win. It's my guarantee. <laughs> I'm, I'm committing to the bit. Trust me. He's I, on today, man. I love it. What well, what's your first bet? That was awesome. So I really did question it. Um, I'm sticking to my strategy. You know, I, I haven't been typically I'm around 65, 70% hit rate. So I'm not quite there, but we're still above 500. We know we were just kind of bashing OU a little bit, not really giving props to Oklahoma state, but I like this spot for the Sooners. I mean, they've played their worst stretch of football, right? The last three mm -hmm. weeks. I think it's been like everything since the Red River Red River rivalry, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. 13 points, like I wrote, a lot of points, but it's at home. I don't think this is a coaching staff or a group of players that's just going to fold just because they're not going to make uh, the, the college football playoff. So I like Oklahoma. They opened at 12. If you could have gotten that, credit to you but it's still under that 14 number so i'm taking the sooners i mentioned that things could get weird out in provo so i'm taking the under 41 and a half points iowa state 
and BYU. <laughs> it's a dumb bet. And that's why I'm taking it. That's that's my explanation. I would I probably wouldn't advise taking a side on this one, but if I'm going with what I think's the worst bet, let's go under 41 and a half points out in Utah. And I said the I best for last, don't worry. Then I must be a big dummy because my score would hit the under. So we'll see who's really smart there. Now this one, Jake, this felt to me, I had to double check, man, that it was an that it wasn't an error. I straight up do not understand why the Jayhawks are only favored by four. Is it uh is it one of those fishy lines? Is it okay, they've got a couple big wins? I don't know. I'm definitely curious what your thought is, but it's too good to be true. That's my thought. Okay. I'm rolling with them on this pick. Again, I just told you how good of a football team I think it is. Texas Tech, I don't think is as bad as the record. I believe they're four and five. They're playing a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. But still, that's that number's too low for me. I mean, a late touchdown like we just saw against Iowa State could easily be a six or seven point. When this isn't my favorite slate either, but that's my pick. It's a it's a classic stay away for me. But I'll make the case for Texas Tech. So I'm I would guess that Coach Leipold's message to KU all of last week leading up to Iowa State was Yeah, you guys got a huge win over Oklahoma, but we've got ourselves another tough test. We're going into a night game in Ames and he was able to re get them ready for another big game. I think that test might be harder coming back home, Texas tech, clearly a drop off in quality. And it's more of just kind of a tech catches KU sleeping. I wouldn't bet that. I think that's the case for it though. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, it, go ahead. Did you? No, you're here? good. I just, I legitimately like did a double take on it because it it felt so low. But I understand it. I understand their defense is still not uh, perfect. Man, I think Jason Bean could start on a lot of teams. But that was all. You know, we've said plenty about Kansas. That's what I wanted to add. Your last pick. You're feeling good about it. What's that, Jake? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm feeling great. Disclaimer: I already bet. <laughs> I already bet three units on Oklahoma State. I'm taking UCF plus two at home against Oklahoma State, the hottest team in the conference, maybe the country. Going on the road. I mean, Central Florida has been playing better football as of late. They finally picked up their Big 12 win. Does it even count? Not really, in my opinion. You beat a fellow American team. This is another just classic trap line. And that's why I'm going to take UCF just because it feels like, what does Vegas know? I was listening to, to Williams and bloom on Sunday night when they were doing their guess the lines for the big 12. And I also kind of just guessed the lines from home in my head. When this one came up, I said, uh, Oki state minus seven and a half. I was off by five points. That's crazy. So I'm taking UCF plus two, but full disclaimer. I already bet three units on Oklahoma state. So um, my wallet might be right in my, my imaginary money on this show may be wrong. Well, it's a good thing. It's imaginary for you, my man. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad. Because, 
Don't worry. I've, we got to get you back on. <laughs> don't worry. I've played a lot of my Big 12 plays throughout the season that I've made on this show. But you know what? After week three, when I was under 500, I stopped playing all of them because it, it's been a it's been a hard league to bet, no doubt. Yeah, no, it has. We've been cruising today. I'll make this one quick. You know, you mentioned being off on a, a spread guess. I would have been off on this. I mean, I still don't think Baylor is this level bad, but they're catching 20 and a half. They're getting 20 and a half points, essentially three scores at K-State. And if I'm not mistaken, K-State has a couple big, big games left. Oh, yeah. I believe. I, I don't still think they got KU and Iowa State. Kansas. Yeah. And obviously, I know about the Iowa State game, which will be a home game. So, yeah, give me Baylor. I may play this one. Uh, we'll see how things go with NFL and such. But, you know, if you can buy the hook, I would almost guarantee this bet because it's the spot. I don't think Baylor's that bad. There's some buzz around that, you know, Aranda has a chance to still keep his job uh, even after this season. And, again, K-State's got just a couple massive look-ahead games. Uh, you know, obviously they're coming off a, a tough loss, I believe, at Texas. But that's my pick. And and as we kind of wrap up here, Jake, one of my favorite things in the world to talk about, college basketball is back. Oh, yeah. And it's back in full force. We had a – obviously it was back Monday, and it felt back. But last night watching Baylor-Auburn, hearing our great friend Fran Fraschilla on the call, that's when it felt like back and I, I know we might touch on that game a little bit we'll, we'll probably spend about 10 minutes on on basketball in general but of course Iowa State they get the win Monday night over Green Bay 85 44 I believe the final I didn't write it down but we're gonna call this cyclone hoop overreactions because there's nothing better in college basketball than overreacting to a team that wouldn't belong on the same court as Simpson College. Honestly, man, you're you're not really kidding. I mean, that it's truly one of the worst teams in the country is UW Green oh, Bay, Coach, and I know that. Coach B, Coach Bjorken over at Simpson, he he would put these guys in the torture chamber. I have no doubt about that. So it's a it's a glorified scrimmage when when you're playing these teams in Ken Palm that are ranked in the bottom six in the country. So you can't take too much, but what you can't take away is shooting. Like shooting is shooting. Obviously you're going to get more open shots against a green Bay than you are a Baylor. But last year, Tame and Lipsy's problem wasn't making contested jumpers. It was making open jumpers. And he made two of those on Monday night. And I think that was behind, of course, we'll get to Milan, Momchilovic. I think Lipsy going two of two from three was my biggest takeaway just because of what that could potentially do for the offense. He doesn't need to go be Matt Thomas. Taman Lipsy's probably never going to shoot 43% from three. And he doesn't need to. He needs to shoot. 28, 30% from three enough. Just so defenses keep him honest. Best ca- or worst case scenario, best case scenario. He's hitting to a game and I, that's adding six points a game right there. 
So from the from the sense of it opening up the offense and actually adding offense, that is no doubt an upgrade over last year in a team that I already believe is an upgrade over last year. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that the roster is better. I've been, and, and you know, unfortunately, we're going to do this often because I mean, we know kind of how how into this team I was in terms of coverage, and you know, I have no problem saying I was sad that I wouldn't be able to cover it. You know, so being able to follow it from afar. First off, I think you want, you know, Jake, you want that number. Yeah, around 30 to 33, hitting one of every three, that's going to keep defenses honest. But man, I was very, very happy for Milan, you know, his family. He's from, again, 40, 45 minutes from me. I just want to say, not that they need any credit or this is a surprise anymore, but I told people on the boards when that happened last summer how big of a pickup that was. And I think people are finally, finally seeing it because some didn't know, or maybe didn't believe it, you know, assistant coach, J.R. Blount, T.J. Atzelberger, they were going toe to toe with like some heavyweights of the country, really. Izzo in Michigan state, UCLA national champion winning Tony Bennett in Virginia. Like these guys all wanted this kid. And I think that's just so impressive that he's there. And then of course it's game one. Do I think he's going to shoot, what was it, 83% from three all (laughs) year? He went six of seven from deep. Yeah, maybe a little bit unfair of expectations. But like you said, you make a great point that shooting sticks. Now, of course, there are going to be scouting reports and better defenders. But I, I guess I'd be shocked if he's not probably top two in scoring on this team. And then I also, because it's overreactions, and you know me well enough, that's not really my uh, kind of cup of tea. So I'll, I'll push back on some that I saw from, you know, not so smart of people that were following this game. People need to have a little patience, I think, with Omaha Blue, too. I, right. I saw that from other fans uh, really kind of around and, and in that state. But, I mean, I know that there was a lot of excitement about this first game. I think that his defense is really going to settle in. I think that he'll get more looks offensively when he has more time on the floor and just getting comfortable. But overall, you know, there, there was a good amount of, of fouls from Iowa State at times. But outside of that, I thought it was about what you expected. I think the spread was a bit low on that game. And the maybe disappointing thing, as you've hit on, is we won't get to see really a, a great test. For three weeks. Yeah, until and, and even then, it's just that really until Big 12, right? I mean, Iowa, yeah. I'm fine saying they're going to be a fun team. Like, they're going to be able to score, but they will not be able to defend the Cyclones at all. Um, Let me go back to Omaha. One, patience is the key. Patience is a virtue. He went from playing at least this last year of, of basketball. I know he, he played overseas. I know he, he played in a lot of the AAU circuits. But playing a year of Iowa high school basketball, he was always the biggest, strongest, fastest kid on the court, no matter what, no matter who you play, no matter where you play, who you, whatever. He is still a freak athlete. He is unbelievable. But the gap... I mean, breaking news, 
the talent gap at college is different than high school. You're not going to be able to get as get away with as much when you're more of an equal to everybody else on the court. And he's going to learn that he might even, it might take him two games to learn that it might take him all of non-conference. He's not going to pick up four fouls and seven minutes of play, whatever it was on Monday night tomorrow. I, I think he'll be a little more reined in. And I mean, you saw a really good up and under post move. And of course you just, there were a couple of his closeouts where he didn't foul that were just like, wow, that's a, that's an athlete right there. And I was, I was sitting courtside for it. So Omaha's going to be all right, but I really do think that Milan is going to be the freshman. That's going to steal a lot more of the headlines because what he's doing is more unique to what Iowa state has had under TJ Otzelberger. Under TJ, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of overachieving kind of fifth year, just put your head down and work type of guys. Really had to grind every possession out to try and score. Whereas Milan is like this, at least so far, he appears to be this effortless scorer, perfect touch. Sweet stroke, 6'8", shoots it above his head, really hard to block. It's way more of a novelty compared to what has been in Hilton really since Tyrese Halliburton. Whereas Omaha fits in more kind of the realm of get on the ground, die for a loose ball, close out, play really hard defense, run the floor and dunk, which I think we're going to see more of as the season goes on. His offensive game is going to grow. His defensive game just needs to be reined in a little bit as far as energy and just kind of control. But all in all, we'll have a lot of time next week to to talk some more hoops. But I guess what my last takeaway, I was just super impressed with Keyshawn Gilbert. I was, I mentioned I was there. I went back and rewatched a lot of the game. Gilbert looked good on TV but the TV view does not give it justice. Just how quick and how shifty he is. I was so impressed being there, seeing just how he's getting to the cup pretty much every single time. And he gives Iowa state the ability to have another playmaker on the floor. That's not tame and Lipsy, whether Lipsy gets in foul trouble, which happened a couple times last year, whether he just needs a breather so he can be a little more effective on defense. Gilbert is going to be capable of running the one. And I I kind of knew what we were going to get from him as, as far as a scorer. We didn't even see him shoot a three. I didn't expect what I saw from him as a potential playmaker. And of course he's going to have to do it against some real competition, but I left the game very, very impressed by Gilbert. Yeah. I I think that's, Definitely fair. It was a lot of what I expected because I actually picked him to probably lead this team in scoring. Uh, Now, you know, maybe it's Milan. I think it'll be interesting probably between those two, maybe an outside shot for Trey King. But, you know, I think, and again, we'll we'll go back a little bit, but I, I just think they hit on really exactly what they kind of needed uh, in the portal. And I think this team is, is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm intrigued to see in a few weeks against, like you say, Jake, and and you say it well, some real legitimate competition too. 
Yeah, well, they've got a primetime game tomorrow. Lindenwood comes to Hilton Coliseum, 7 o'clock Central Time on ESPN+. Of course, the Cyclone football team will be at BYU on Saturday night. The women's basketball team, we'll have more to talk about with them next week. They play at Drake on Sunday. Drake picks second in the Missouri Valley. That's a tough game. You go on the road. I was, uh, I, I'll be there Sunday. I was there at Drake last year when they played Iowa in this same spot the first Sunday of the season. They took Iowa to overtime. And I'm, we all saw what Iowa did. It's a tricky spot for the Iowa State women. I'm, I'm excited to see these new freshmen in person because it, it was fun watching them really handle a, a Big East team. But we'll touch on that more next week. Aiden, you got anything? Tell your kids about the National Championship Iowa State Cyclones. What if I don't have kids? Let them know. Should I just go yell at my neighbor's kids? Yell at any kids. Okay. Find kids. Sorry we went a little a little long today, producer. No, you're good. We cut into we cut into Aiden's uh Taylor Swift time. Uh she was named the Apple Music Artist of the Year this morning. So is that even a real thing? I got a notification for it. <laughs> That's like we cut into my snack time a little bit, Jake, before my is next, that the before my next bowl. Move. Is that the Shreveport? Don't even Shreveport act like it's a bad award. I know. I'm kidding. There's so many awards. Songbird of our generation. The only award that matters is Nikola Jokic MVP, but nobody wants to hear about that. This is a loaded show, though. This was awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Of course, we're always brought to you by Heartland Flags and Gifts and the Channel Seed Studios. With the help of our friends at Circus Sports Iowa and Steeple Ridge Bourbon. We'll be back next week. This has been Firmly Entrenched. Iowa everywhere.